scratch, scratch, fever, eight track. My best friend's in a gun rack. I'm a low life. I owe everybody money. I think racist jokes are funny. I'm a low life. I got a dirty mind, a gutter mouth. I'm making time. I'm going out with your wife. Cause I'm a low life. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Low Life Motherfucking Chopper Podcast. We got a great episode for you guys tonight. We got Steamboat 754 joining us today. It is a great episode. We get into a whole bunch of good stuff. But before we go ahead and jump into that, we got to kick this thing off the way we always do with these motherfucking shout outs. First up, you might have heard we're putting on our first in-person show. It is called the Low Life Lowdown. This is going on Saturday, June 10th from 12 to 5 p.m. at the Epping Legion. The address for it is 252 Califf Highway in Epping, New Hampshire. There's going to be a chopper show, food trucks, live music by Michael Carson Sr., raffles, and a whole lot more. Ten bucks at the door, 30 bucks to vend. If you want to vend, get in touch with Rhino Resto. He is the guy in charge. And then remember, this is going down the first day of Bike Week. So if you're heading up to Laconia for the 100th year anniversary, come and see us on the way. Epping is directly in line with anyone coming south that's heading up for Bike Week. So pop in, see the Low Lifes Saturday, June 10th, 12 to 5 p.m. at the Low Life Lowdown. Next up, if you didn't know, I got a new YouTube channel going on. It's called Grease's Garage. This channel is dedicated to making your next build easier than your last one. From wiring to carb tuning, welding and fabrication, bike maintenance basics, ride-along videos, and a whole lot more. All going on on YouTube. Search for Grease's Garage. Give the channel a subscribe so that you always get notified when these new videos drop. Next... Loctite as well is going to be kicking his YouTube channel back off. He's got a brand new camera in hand. It is Loctite's Chop Shop on YouTube. You guys have been looking for the visual content and we are now bringing it to you. So give Loctite's Chop Shop a follow for a close up look at the chopper lifestyle. And then last but not least, we've got this month's giveaway sponsor, which is OSD Custom Leather, who gave a killer handmade wallet all hand-tooled, vegetable-tanned leather, trucker wallet, custom-made by the man himself. If you want to win this beautiful wallet, which you can see photos and a video of on the Low Life Chopper podcast page, all you got to do is head over to patreon.com slash lowlifechopperpodcast. You're going to click on giveaway level supporter and sign up. And then you follow OSD Custom Leather and us, and you're done. That's all you got to do. We will be doing that drawing the after the first week in April. We had one missed week there, so we got to make sure we get all of these in. So, again, OSD underscore, you know, we love those underscores, custom leather. Give him a follow. Go to patreon.com slash podcast, and you will be good to go. All right, guys, with no further ado, we will go ahead and jump into this episode with Steamboat754. All right, guys, we are live on the line with Steve, a.k.a. Steamboat754. Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, thank you. It is good to have you on, dude. So we were chopping it up before we actually kicked the mics on here. And 
a little bit later on, we'll be getting into some some funny story about an Ironhead that you picked up. But before we get into that, let's kick it off with how you got started in motorcycles and what part of the country you're in. All right. So I'm in the Northeast. I'm lower New York, but I'm just north, about 30 miles from New York City. Um, so the Hudson Valley area. Um, motorcycles. So like growing up, my father was big into um, auto body and he would restore classic cars, muscle cars. And it was just like um, your classic, like stereotypical, like blue collar beer keg lifestyle. Like they were young, had kids way early and like Friday nights, and Saturday nights were all my dad's and mom and dad's friends hanging out in garages, listening to music chopping up cars motorcycles a little bit of everything and that was basically like what i was exposed to for all of my childhood into like my early 20s um my dad's buddies i remember like you know they i couldn't tell you now you know what exactly bikes were but they had all 70s choppers long forks you know big huge extended sissy bars king queen seats my father uh had a couple bikes and you know he'd wreck one or sell one to get a car that he wanted to restore this that and i did a lot of um motocross and atv stuff growing up uh and that's basically and which later in life transitioned into motorcycles that's awesome, man. Yeah, it seems like to be able to grow up around it gives you just like a level of competency working on stuff that, that I feel like it's hard to develop without just being exposed to it from an early age. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because like I got rid of like all like my four wheelers and um, dirt bikes in like 2000 and like 16. I was just like it was just getting to be a pain. Riding restrictions in my area were tough. You had to buy a trailer. You had to travel. And it was just like, all right, man, I'm like, I'm done. I was like, get rid of it. I sold it all. And then like, I don't know, five years ago, I had that Evo kind of like fell into my lap. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to end up having to do this. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just do it. (laughs) So I just jumped in like complete like impulse buy and was like, not going to look back and I have no regrets. That's awesome. So the Evo Sporty, what year is it? That is an 03883. Got it. 203883. Now, what's the story? Like how did you end up finding that bike? How did it get on your radar? So, um I was with a buddy and he was really heavy into um bmw airheads and i was helping him out with like you know making brackets and welding little tabs and some body work on it and this and that and i went with him to a show out in brooklyn it was like some local bar did like this like bike tober fest thing so it was really rad and like there was a bunch of guys there they had um one guy had this really badass uh 60s indian chopper and i was like this thing is great and uh, a couple other bikes and you had a lot of like more modern bikes and i ran into a friend there um that i know from the work industry i'm in now union construction and he's like your classic like you know 
big oversized mongoloid with like 13 bikes in his garage. And he, I was showing him the, the airhead and he was like, dude, uh, he's like, I got a sports store. I need out of my garage. Like now. And I was like, Oh, I'm like, dude, I don't know. I'm like, you know, I was like, I'm not really set up yet for, you know, storage wise and this and that. I was like, I don't know. I got a lot going on. And he's like, dude, just come and get the bike. And I was like, all right, how much you want for it? He's like, just give me 1500 bucks. And I was like, oh, Jesus. I was like, all right, I'll be there. And that's hard to beat, man. Yeah. It's like that. Like when he told me that, I was like, oh, that's why I said, like, shit, I'm doing this. So I just went and I grabbed it. I was like, all right. And I was like, two weeks later, I was like, drove up to his house. And I'm like, yeah, let's just, I'm like, load it up. Let's go. And I brought it home and it sat for a little while, like, like maybe like a month. And I stared at it and I'm like, all right. I have this like basically bone stock sportster. What do I want to do with it? And then I'm like, well, first let me run it. I rode the hell out of it. Oh, I changed the handlebars right away because I didn't like the, the handlebars. I was always like, into drag bars. So um threw some broomstick bars on there with like, I don't know, two inch risers, like nothing, like like little. Put a two inch tank lift on it, lowered the ass end, some got some uh, slammer shocks, and I was like, all right, that's good enough to like figure the bike out running wise because it sat for a little while. And I rode it the whole year I got it, the first year I had it, and just like let every problem in the motor rear its ugly head at me. And then, and did they? what's that? And did they were like, did the problems arise or was it pretty smooth sailing? No, 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 no. So the, the first one was I was flying home from work and I'm like, yeah, this thing's running great. I'm like, this is going to be badass. I had oil lines popping left and right. And I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. So I switched those out. I found it took me a while to find like OEM style uh, hoses, but I found a company. Um, I have it written down somewhere. I even should have had it brought it out uh, just for this. But the guy remanufactures everything from uh, pre-2005 oil lines, OEM, fittings and all for any bike possibly made. Um, so I got those, put that on. Then I was having a lot of sputtering and backfiring out of the, um, the carb. So I yanked the carb off, um, brought it down to this like local shop we have, like two miles from my house. He did the electro dip. I checked the gaskets. The gaskets were worn. Put put them back in, put that all back up. So then I call my buddy and I'm like, yo, you want to go for a ride? He's like, yeah, we're probably like 30 miles out and my bike just dies. And I'm like, what? I whip out my voltage or my, uh, my, my, my multimeter, I start checking everything. And I'm like, dude, everything's reading good. I'm like, what the hell? What the hell? That was like two months of like fishing on YouTube. And I couldn't find an answer. And I was like, dude, this is driving me nuts to the point where I was just about to be like, you know what? I'm just going to sell this thing as is for 1500. And then a friend was like, Oh, I got a buddy who could help you out. And I was like, okay. And he was like, yeah, dude, did you take off your, uh, you know, check your, your, your pins. And I'm like, no, or your points. And I'm like, no, no, I never even thought of that. And he was like, yeah, he's like, check that first. I mean, cause I went like, you know, probably like 500 bucks, like coils, uh, new plugs, new this, new that, everything. And I'm like, dude, no way. So 
I cracked it open. He's telling me like, oh, the rivets. I'm like, no, there's no rivets. And sure enough, there's one of those, you know, uh, ignition timers on there. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, cool. I got no points. So then when I figured out that and learned how to static time, tune the whole bike, um, it was pretty good after that. Then I had like no problems except for the end of 2020, no, spring of 2022, all my wiring started going. Just like glitching, blowing fuses, things were crimped, things were exposed and touching. And I was just like, oh my gosh. So then I was like, all right, I'll do a simplistic wiring. And then I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to chop this whole thing down to nothing and completely rebuild what I want. And that's how it all started with that. Damn, dude. I was actually very surprised to hear you say that, that it would have had points in it. So you're saying it didn't have points, right? It had an electronic ignition when you opened it up. Yeah. So somebody already changed that. And like, you know, cause I, at the point, you know, I'm used to like, you know, four wheeler motors and stuff and kickstarts. So I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm looking and I'm like, you know, what the hell do I know at that point? So, um, I used to just ride on the back of cool Harleys when I was a kid, you know? Right. So like I said, so then they're like, yeah, you know, you've got your, 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 uh, ignition timing plate and everything. No, just take the cover off. And I'm like, Oh, all right. They're like, no, but it's going to be riveted. You have to drill it out. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, no, dude, there's screws in it. And they're like, what? No, somebody's already been in there. And that's how I, I learned about that. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I, I run a, a Dyna S in it. Um, and I, now that I've learned that lesson, I always carry a spare with me. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. Have we found the first guy that actually carries the spare electronic ignition? Yes. And you know where I got that from? <laughs> where? <laughs> on, uh, I watched one of uh, uh, the one of the videos on YouTube from uh, Todd Bublé uh, or Bublé, however you say it. Blue, yeah, Blue Bar, I think it is. Yeah. So... Um, one of the videos, it was like uh, this guy, the, the video and the pot, the actual podcast episode is a really good episode. It's guy Ethan and who has got a really, really nice chopper. And what the guys they were riding with, the guy's uh, ignition went, electronic ignition went. And he's like, yeah, I always carry a spare in my bag. He's like, you know, the shelf life on these things is like three to five years, depending on how you ride it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go get another one. And I did. That's incredible. This is the first. So what I did was like, I actually, I scored a spot on, you know, the inside of the, the, the casing there once I had it all dialed in. So if I ever break down the side of the road, I can just slap it in and go, all right, that's good enough for like a week or two. And then when right. I feel like it, then I can really fine tune it. Right. So you don't have to restatic time it on the road. Right. Yeah. Just throw it right in. Plug and play. That's incredible. Kudos to you for being the uh, one of the I think you and Davey Sprocket might be the only two people that I've heard of that actually that don't just tell people it's a good idea. You should do this, but actually bought one and keep it on you. Yeah, they're not expensive. Like to me, like expensive is like like one hundred fifty bucks to buy something as a backup. All right. That might be a little expensive, but. Like I'm telling you, like those Dyna S's you can pick up for like I think it was like sixty five bucks, eight, you know, seventy what? bucks. Yeah, they're not that they're not that expensive. The one that I have for my bike. 
because I bought the same exact one that was in there. Is so that the real life, dude? I thought, these like, were, I thought these were $200 items. If you get like the big fancy ones for the big twins with all the switches and stuff like that, yeah, this one, no. This one is literally just your silver disc, the little plastic piece with the two wires coming out and your little lens for the red light for the static time, and that's it. No switches, no nothing. You just throw it in and go. Damn, dude. I didn't realize that. That's more affordable than uh, – yeah, because when I type Dyna S, a lot of times it's the whole kit. It's like a whole bunch of shit, and then it's over 100 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah, is the, the kind one... where it's got like a little black pickup on a points plate, basically, right? That's it. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This one has the – so when you have one like this, are you still running a mechanical advance behind that, or is this – Yes. And that's the other thing I'm going to tell you. The beauty of it is every time you buy that kit, it comes with the mechanical advance. So you always have a spare. Dude, I did not realize that they that there was this like hybrid. I had heard of this because I, and the only reason I recognize it now is because I just converted my bike to points. And I was looking at this Dyna S kit and I'm like, huh, that thing looks like what mine comes with. But it comes right through the center of the plate. I didn't even know this was a real thing. Wait, hold on. You converted two points? Yeah, because I'm an idiot. I was going to say, why? I just it's wanted easier. to, to uh, basically not have... So two reasons. One, it's easier to kick it. Um, maybe the Dyna S would be good for kicking because it has mechanical advance too. But um, no, it's, not. it's easier to kick it over than it was with my stock electronic ignition. And uh, all the points are 50 bucks for the whole kit. Yeah. So I just yeah. threw that in there because mine's kick only. So if the kicker doesn't work, I'm not going anywhere. See, that's my downfall. I'm not in the cool club yet because I'm still waiting to find that hidden gem so I can have a kickstart motorcycle. I know. It's tough with the sporties, man. Well, that's why it's I'm looking for like a 72, like a 72 iron head or like in the 60s because those ones you can convert to a kicker. Yes, or, that's true. Or, or I just put my big boy pants on and just say, screw it and... What I would, my, 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 my next, what my ultimate goal would be is I want to try to deal with people. A lot of people told me I'm nuts and laughed at me. I want to be, build a complete shovel head just from office swap meets. That'd be fun. It'd be and fun have like a Frankenstein sure. bike. Yeah. I want a Frankenstein bike. Yeah. That'd be cool, man. I think, uh, Especially if you're going to a lot of swaps, it's totally possible. It seems like one of those things that would take a couple of years, probably. But when you were done, it'd be a hell of a story. Right. That's rad, though, man. So you got the... Jesus, what the hell is this? Fucking J&P Cycles trying to, trying to chat live with me while I'm staring at this Dyna S Ignition on their website. <laughs> <laughs> it just popped up a chat window. I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to fucking... Lurk Please enter music. make and model. <laughs> yeah. Anything we can oh. help you find? I'm like, right, right, right. You're going to get the text message. Hey, we saw you looked at something. Are you still interested? Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. Dude, the digital era is fucking crazy, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. My wife my wife makes fun of me. She comes home. She's like, I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm talking to my friends. I'm like, who? She's like, lowbrow. Because she ordered me something for Christmas, and they don't stop texting her now. Oh, yeah, dude. You're in the loop. Yep. Dude, also, we'll and we'll jump back into the sporty in a second here. But when you mentioned the BMW Airhead, I I didn't know what that was, so I just pulled it up. And how the hell do you get into that motor? This thing looks like one big block. 
It is. It's a giant tank. It's it's not easy. And you have that's like, all right. So put it this way. So my buddy is infatuated with them. And, you know, so he kind of got my juices flowing to like, you know, buy something. And, you know, I was helping him out. And he was I'm I'm basically showing him like the body work, the framework, the fab work, you know, you know, doing the tanks, you know, um, seat pans and stuff like that. And he's teaching me the motor just because I'm there every day. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, where do you buy all the parts? He was like, oh, I have to, I have, he goes, I, I pay a fortune for parts. They're all from Germany. And I'm like, no way. He's like, yeah, you can't get them in the States. Cause it's all like all his are um, early seventies, late sixties. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. Holy man. fuck. Dude. Yeah. That's like, you don't want to get down that road because that is, I mean, listen, you know, we all, like I listen to your show and I talk to my friends and this and that, which is a joke. Like, you know, money pits are like swap meets and you're always like changing something on your bike and this and that. That's like having a boat, having an iron head. Yeah. Very true. I mean, uh, um, an airhead. Sorry. Yeah. They're, they're expensive. Very expensive. I can only imagine. Yeah. Once you see that stuff and it's European, it's like, oh, I don't even yeah. know how much it would cost to maintain that. Dude, also. You want to talk about something that makes makes me nervous, right? I see this spark plug connected to the motor, connected to the fin, right? Loctite, you have a picture of this pulled up? No, did you just Google it? Yeah, just Google BMW Airhead so you can see what I'm talking about. So the fins stick out at 90 degrees, right? In this in the or the cylinders rather. The spark plug is attached to the cylinder. The cable for the spark plug goes into a closed hole. In the motor, how the yeah. fuck you get to that wire, dude? Yeah, it was specialty tools. There's like six like specific tools that you have to buy from BMW to work on that bike. Oh my god, dude! That's and so they're not Yeah, it's like it. I'm and like I my I love my buddy. Um, and he's like it. Those are all hipsters that do that stuff. You know, That's it's all the only people that would and all that. Yeah, this is like you you pull up to the coffee shop and everybody's like, right, for this exactly. guy. And I pull up on my chopper and they're like, dude, why are you slumming today? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, my buddy. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you, dude. So it's pretty. <laughs> dude, that is pretty fucking wild. I don't even yeah. know how to make sense of it. Like, I don't even know what what I'm even looking at, but it's I could definitely see it being like weird in quirky enough that it would have like a massive following. Yeah, no, it does. It does. It, it does. And there's actually a guy on YouTube. I'll send you guys the link. Um, one guy out in London actually made a full rigid hardtail chopper out of one of those. Fuck. Yeah. It took I, him. Well, three, least, it yeah. took him three years. It's in a strong frame. Yeah. Like six fucking Harley cool. motors in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're right? heavy. Oh, here's a picture of it from the front. That l literally is like a small car motor. It looks like it would be like a like a four cylinder car motor out of like a, a Honda Civic. Yeah, it's there, and you can't pick it up by yourself. Put it that way. That's a two man game all day. Not only that, but like you couldn't push it through a door. The, the, <laughs> the cylinders no, would hit both ends of the door frame. 
No, believe it or not, we did. And it, we got it through the, like, I don't know if you guys ever seen like brownstones in New York city, but like yeah. the brownstone has like your big basic entrance with the big staircase going up and then down on the bottom. Oh yeah. I know you're talking about the yeah, narrower yeah. door. It yeah. fits. I mean, it just fits, but it fits like it's rubbing on the door jams yeah i was gonna say how much how much did it cost to replace the door frame after you got it through there (laughs) Uh, nothing we actually got it (laughs) this is good i feel like jamie on uh the joe rogan podcast where he he says a thing and then i gotta like google it furiously and i'm like (laughs) nyc what does that look like (laughs) 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 just looking at somebody's house at least nobody's gonna chat with me if i sit here on google images Try to send me a fucking <laughs> purchase request. Are you trying to buy an apartment, bro? So back to the sporty though. Yeah. The, so you got that sorted out. It's funny you mentioned too about the sputtering because I had sputtering in my bike and it also ended up being the ignition. So commonly blamed on the carb. But what else did you have to do to that thing to get it mechanically sound? So basically it was like, um, I, oh, I also, um, the, uh, that, that infamous grenade plate went, that was fun. Almost, almost, uh, that one was a real ass pucker. Um, what's that one? The, so like on the Harleys, they have that, this, this, in the clutch basket, that the plate with the rivets in it, they call it the grenade plate. Cause then it just like, it's got springs and it just blows. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, yeah. So I got the, the the plate or the, you know, the, the clutch plate kit with the extra steel plates. So you can eliminate that altogether. Um, other than that, it was just like that stuff. And once I got it running again, before the electrical start and what, before the electrical started going out, basically that was all that was it. It was, was like, you know, like, um, the exhaust gaskets, this, that, um, I mean, the, you know, yeah. And then dumb stuff got all that running good and it ran awesome. It was just like really good running bike after that. And then when the electric started going, then I was like, you know what? Like, I was like, oh, I'm going to just do a regular old school chopper wiring. And I'm like, wow, that would look kind of gay on this, like, you know, uh, sh- sh- rear shock bike. And I'm like, no, can't do that. Got a hard tail. And then I said, screw it. And then I went for it. There you go, man. That's what's up. And so what brand did you go with for the hardtail? So I went with the lowbrow because I looked at all of them because at first I started going down the rabbit hole like everybody does. Like, oh, what's like, the baddest hardtail to get? You know, the most rad and this and that. And I kept seeing the Hayfley Brothers, which is, I guess, now owned by Throttle Addiction, if I'm right. Um, it could be, I remember hearing about Hayfley brothers, but yeah, so they sold it. And, you know, so I, I went on, I went out and did the research and I looked at their stretch to drop ratio and I'm like, okay, that's that one. And I looked at the TC bros and I'm like, okay, that's that one. And I looked at the lowbrow and I'm like, okay, that's that one. I had all three sitting there and I kind of was just like staring at my bike thinking about it. And I was like, I want the lowest drop. I want like a medium drop with like the longest stretch. So I felt like I was sitting in the bike and not on the bike. And that ended up becoming the lowbrow hardtail kit. So that's what I went with on that. Got it. So it's a hotly, uh, hotly debated topic. It's like, 
these days there's so many different hardtails out there to choose from and it's hard to know what to point people in the direction of and i get a lot of messages from people pretty much anytime somebody has a bad experience it seems like they reach out just to let us why didn't you tell me (laughs) yeah right they're like you motherfuckers this thing sucks and uh we get that message about lots of hardtails so what was your experience putting this one on how did it go together um oh my god what a nightmare because now like you know (laughs) so like so when i bought the hardtail kit i have it sitting in my garage right and like when you look through the pictures i built that table because like you could see in the pictures i have no room to work right it's fresh that plywood is untouched i was thinking that when i looked at this picture i'm like this thing is clean I clean it every day. I'm so, I'm very like, my wife's like, you're a slob. You come in the house and it's like a mess. You're like a tornado. She's like, you go in your garage and everything's right where it's got to be. Everything's clean. And I'm like, yeah, sorry. So anyway, um, yeah. So it was like, I was sitting there with it and I'm like thinking like everything I did from like changing like one bolt to like whipping out the grinder and the cutting wheel going, what would my dad do? What would my dad do? What would he do first? Cause he's like super, super like meticulous. And, you know, I look at their, the directions and what their recommendations is for, um, like the measurements for cutting. And I do all that, tape it off, you know, this, that, um, I recommend this to anybody. If you're going to hardtail a frame, um, and you're, so you're going to chop your frame, go to like, the hardware store or home depot and buy pipe tape and like basically it's just like um a very um pliable plastic and it's like you know pipe right and you wrap it around the pipe and it self adheres to itself and comes right back off this way you can mark it and cut it as straight as possible so you're not grinding like half the day to make it square you know what i'm saying very true Um, yep so I did that and everything, you know, measure twice, cut once and stuff like that. And I, I, I left more on than what they recommended. And I recommend that everybody leave an extra eighth inch. If you get that kit. So if you get the lowbrow kit, I would leave an extra eighth of an inch from what they tell you the measurements are just to be safe. And then what I did was, so here was the one thing I found. So I cut the bike, right? I got it all up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to slide this thing in. I slid mine up the backbone first and I figure I'm going to slide it down to the bottom. So on the Evos, they have the two support struts on the bottom, bottom rail frames, bottom frame rails. Mm -hmm. So the one is like welded, like right where the OEM kickstand is, right? And that bracket's welded on as well. So I cut it, I go to line it up and it's off like an eighth of an inch, like where it's, it's in too much. And I'm like, oh man, I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? So the lower frame rail is off, off eighth of an inch on the, on the stock frame, then the low brow. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, so I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to go on like, you know, chop cold, boom, 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 forum, boom. And like, oh, I'm like sitting there and I'm like the first, the first one I get, like I, f- I find it right away. I'm like, yo man, my low brow, my hardtail frame won't go in. It's like, a, you know, 16th to an eighth of an inch off. And the guy's like, 
don't be a pussy. Hit it with a hammer and send it. And I'm like, no, that's not the answer I need. Right. Um, <laughs> you know? Bottle jacket. Yeah, I'm like, damn these chopper guys. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, think, 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 think. And I'm looking and I'm like, all right, maybe if I take, you know, the the, the, the slugs and I just kind of like, you know, give them a little extra bevel, a little bit on each and I could just, you know, tap it in. That wasn't enough. And I was like, all right, I don't want to take too much off. So finally, I was like, all right, you know what? Screw it. The, the cross brace and I'm probably going to get like crucified or I'm going to get high fived. Either way, it's like a double edged sword now. I just cut the center of it out and I was like, screw it. And I cut it out. And, um, but, you know, I cut like a big chunk out of the middle of it and I just took a ratchet strap and I just sucked that sucker in and pushed it home. And I was like, all right, cool. And I just welded it back in. So, yeah, I mean, dude, you weld it back. It fits on there. It's either that or you, you squeeze the other part, you know, I, one way or another. Yeah. I had to do this on my hardtail. I have no shame in saying this, that like I, when I was doing mine, I had to put a bottle jack in the top rail. My hardtail didn't go into the backbone like yours did. Mine had the two that go into the individual tubes on top. And right. they didn't line up. I had to bottle jack them to spread them a little bit just to get, like you said, about an eighth of an inch to get it to pop into place. Tell me how else to do it. Like, I, I don't know that there's another way that that some of these things are just there's play and you have yeah. to find a way to get it in there. Yeah, and like you know, and then like 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 ninety percent of all forms are like, ah, it's a chopper. It's going to be sketchy regardless because you're already cutting the frame up. And I'm like, all right, yeah, we're in. Like yeah, now, fucking it's send it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see. <laughs> so yeah, um, but then so I get it on the first time, no problem. Put the motor in, start bolting everything down to make sure everything fits because I don't have like those like really nice fancy jigs you see these guys have. So like. I like took my knowledge of like square and plum and like put all these yes. and nails <laughs> all over my table and everything. And I was like, all right, it looked like I was building an Egyptian period. I had a pyramid. I had like string lines everywhere. And I'm like, all right. And uh, so the first one in, I bolted, bolted, bolted. The gap was like, uh, first of all, there was no gap. They want like, they say like an eighth of an inch. I go like three thirty seconds. Um, and I had to shave it down quite a bit, you know, here and there, cause I left extra meat on there, but I felt more comfortable continuing the project knowing I had to take some off than going, Oh dude, I got a quarter inch gap on, you know, all three weld points of these rails. So, um, that's what I recommend to people. If you're doing it for the first time and you, you're not paying someone to do it. Absolutely. Any, um, as far as like, so with, with the way that this one goes together, being that it plugs into the backbone and uh, and then right into the bottom frame rails, I don't think it's super necessary that you have a jig for that style of fit up. No, a lot of the research I did, everybody said, use your motor mounts as your jig. Yeah, some people, did you put the motor in while you were welding it? Yeah, so what I did was I basically, first I, um, once I finally got it, my spacing right, for like for the welding aspect of it, mm -hmm. I bolt you know I bolted all in. I said, all right, this is cool. And then I don't know. I mean, for me, I thought that it was imperative. Um, you guys are seem to be a little bit more um, 
welder experience than myself. I am, but I wouldn't be like, dude, I'll weld that for you. Like I weld for me. Like I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like I'm not a full-time welder. I'm a, when Steve needs to get something welded and he welds it, I just weld it. Um, I, uh, I torqued it down to spec the whole motor this way. I'm like, all right, this is the final thing. It's all torqued. That's it. And then I, uh, I did some rosette welds, um, first, and then I tucked in my welding blanket, you know, and anything that I could weld with the motor, not having to come out, I welded all that stuff first to this way. There wasn't a lot of warping once the motor was out. Yep. This is welding black welding blankets are a huge thing that I feel like a lot of people don't ever talk about. That is a great investment and they're super fucking cheap. Yeah, they're not expensive. Like I bought like a, like a like a cheap one from Harbor Freight because I'm like, all right, I'm not like you know whatever. It's like it'll do the job. If it's no good by the end of this build, I'll just spend another thirty bucks when I start another one. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've had the not- same one through three builds now, and I fucking love that thing. Oh well, this one that I have now, I'll probably get like another. You know, I'll get a lot of time out of it. It's not really damaged at all, which yeah. I'm very very impressed with um do you ever use one what's that i was asking grease if he ever uses one i do and i mainly use it if i'm uh cutting or grinding with an angle grinder i throw them over the gas tank on my bike just in case because i'm gonna fucking send a spark right into that motherfucker across the shop and i never thought of like ever putting on a gas tank yeah, I cut them. I cut them into smaller sections. Like I, I think I bought like an eight foot by eight foot, which is insane for like what I would do. So I cut it into like three foot by three foot. I have a couple of them, and I yeah. just lay them over like exposed threats, right? <laughs> just in case, yeah, goes haywire and lands over there. I put them on, or like he's saying, if I uh, if I'm doing a hardtail and I have the motor in it, I'll just cover the motor, uh, yeah. just in case. But I do think that. It's hard to think how how it could really go wrong if you have the motor in there. You know what I mean? Like when I did XS650s, I would always tell the person, bring the motor because I want the motor in there while I'm welding it. And for the sporty, it you know, it bolts to that plate in the rear and the motor mounts in the front. For the big twins, that's the only time that I don't necessarily need the motor because you're not actually breaking the, the hoop, so to speak. You're just dealing. Oh, yes. Yes. Back. Right. And, and then it has a trans plate, but I would never do it without putting the trans plate in there. Um, so you got to have the trans plate and I lock that down to spec and I do put it in the jig, but that's just because I do it for other people. And I'm like, you'd never know. I just want yeah. to for a fact, but if I was doing my own, yeah, there's definitely liberties I would take with my stuff and just be like, whatever, I'm getting this done today. Right. Yep. But I think it sounds like you did all the right things. And I, I like the way that that kit is, is assembled. Like I like the way it goes on. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, um, like I, I definitely think it's very, um, beginner friendly. You know what I mean? Um, yes. like it's not over intimidating and stuff like that. It's just like, you know, like anything else, like, dude, you're, 
your your ass is going to be on it. Just do your research and take your time and do it right. Like, you know, don't rush, you know, feel confident, do whatever you got to do and then get at it, basically. Exactly. That's actually the hardest part of the whole process is that you can do all those other things and do everything you feel like you need to, to get ready. But I, every time I still get like horrific anxiety, every time I do a hardtail, because I'm like, man, I yeah. hope it goes right. You know, like I hope there's not some random thing doesn't fucking move or it's in the jig, but like the jig moved and I, it just stresses me the fuck out. Yeah. Well, my biggest stress was, I won't lie. Cause like, I've been going around asking like a lot of opinions from like a, my buddies that are welders. So like the only reason I welded it myself was I reached out to a couple people that are like, are legit, like welders. That's their career. They weld, you know? So I was like, Hey, listen, man, I'm willing to pay for your time. All I'll have all the prep work ready. It's just like, yo, you come here with your rig and weld it and you know, you'll get paid and, and you're gone. And they were like, they were like fuck now. <laughs> and then nobody showed up. And I was like, all right, this is like crazy. Like, I need to get this done. Like, I want to ride this bike. Because at the time, that was going to be the only bike I was going to be riding. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And they were like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I am not ashamed or to say what I use to weld it because I am confident in it. Um, I, I did the research before I did it and took the plunge and people were like, dude, you're going to be nuts for doing that. And the, the feedback I got on the internet was like, you know, like, no, that's not the way to do it. Like everybody's like big into the TIG thing. I don't own a TIG welder. I've never TIG welded in my life. So I migged it. Um, cause that's what I do. Like when I'm at work and I got to fab stuff up for work and this and that, uh, we use a MIG welder. So I ended up getting a Lincoln flux core welder and everybody was like, Oh, blasphemy. They were like, dude, that thing's going to break in half. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought about it. I'm like, dude, I build bridges at work and I watched these guys flux core weld steel beams for bridges fucking high rises and that stuff holds and i started doing the research on the tubing and the material and i'm like look man you just well like basic my basic knowledge of welding is like especially a flux core you run it hot and you move you move you move at the right speed you're good and it's gonna hold so mine's rated for uh up to uh three quarter inch mild steel so i grabbed two uh two pieces of plates one inch thick i ran a bead down the front bead down the back i put it in the table vise on the back of the um the the work truck the welding truck and i started beating the hell out of it with a 20 pounds 20 pound sledgehammer and i bent the steel and the weld never cracked and i'm like all right i'm welding this bad boy and i am a hundred percent like i know that, that at work what did you weld it at work? No, no, no. The the my the the piece I had like scraps at, at on the job. Yeah, yeah. So I, I took the scraps home, welded it at home, and then took it back to work and threw it in the uh, mechanics uh, service truck. He's got one of those you know steel you know vices in the back. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I took a 20-pound sledgehammer and I went at it. Like you would have thought I was like trying to break, you know, smash rocks up with that thing. And I whacked and it bent the steel and the weld had no stress whatsoever. Damn. If you tested yeah. it, you tested it, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cause I was like, dude, I'm not sitting here. Like, I don't want to be the guy where everyone's like, told you so. And like, there I am on the side of the road with like, you know, my rear half a mile down the road and I'm sitting here by the motor going, I'm an idiot. So, but yeah, I, I did it like that. I don't know. I don't know. What, I, I was, it was funny when you guys reached out to me like, yo, you want to do an episode? I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to see what these guys think about that. You know? I so, think that it's like flux core is what they use to do bridges. It it all depends on the, the machine that you're running it with. And honestly, I, I've told this to a lot of people, a lot of the structure that comes from a hardtail is in the way that it's designed. It's not, it doesn't for a frame to be strong, does not rely solely on the golden arm of the welder, but more so on the fact that the frame slug connects to, to, to other pieces of tubing to where you're not hanging on just the weld. You're hanging right. on a, an actual solid slug between two tubes. It's, it's, is the slug going to crack too? Probably not. You know, it's like even small little things. And we only found this out because a, uh, my little brother bought an XS650 from somebody and he rode that thing the whole summer and then realized that whoever put the hardtail on forgot to weld the seat post. Dude, it wasn't even welded at all. Oh, <laughs> what? The, the down tube that like where the motor comes up like to the back of the down tube, that that wasn't even welded to the bottom to the cross member. It was just free floating. Oh my God. I just thought of like people think choppers are complicated. They're not. They're really not. People overcomplicate choppers. I think. I, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, <sighs> Like what's nice about the sporty too, and which I, which made me feel more comfortable is if you look at the way that this, the sporty, like the frame is engineered and designed, like you have two connecting, well, you have one, two, three connecting points on the front of your motor to the front end of the frame. And then the rear, you have one rear connecting point to that rear, your rear motor mount plate on the down tube of the rear of the frame. So it's like, like, yeah, you're, there's there's a, a certain amount of stress, but you have a lot of support where it's basically a lot of it is like bolted to the, the frame. And it's the, it's the, you know, the 2003, I think, was the last year of the the rigid mount. I think 04 when they went to fuel injection, I could be wrong, is when they went to rubber mount. Um, so it's like, it's pretty solid. And I'm like, you know, these, you know, like I've seen guys like, you know, riding hardtails and a weld cracks over time. But I think that's just the nature of the amount you ride and, you know, and, and how you ride on it. Um, eventually, yeah, it's, it may give a little bit, but I mean, the way that I look at it as a design point is that, you know, it's not going to take that much abuse on the weld. The way right. it's both motors and this yeah that's what i always try to tell people is like it's if you were just doing like an open butt joint on two pipes and that's what you were relying on then it's really down to the welder to make sure you got full pen on all of that stuff and i'm not saying you shouldn't be getting full pen on a hardtail but with that solid slugged joint dude i, I can't imagine the kind of force you would need to crack that thing off 
Yeah, no, exactly. Or exactly. how you would even put that much force on it. Like not not hitting a pothole, you'd have to like hitting a sweet jump. Wound. Yeah. Something crazy. Yeah, you gotta do like a Fonzie jump, man. You know. It's yeah, it's, like those Dyna dudes where they do the fucking like they go off an evil Knievel ramp and they miss the down ramp. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so the hardtail part was, you know, probably like was you know, it was for me, it was I took the most amount of time on it, but like in in from like step one to or from the from the first step to the last step of just the, the hardtail task, for me that was the easiest part of, of that build. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. And it came out great. It looks fucking the stance is right. I love the way it's sitting. It's a fucking good looking bike. Thank you. Yeah, I um it's funny because everyone's like, dude, how'd you figure out how you wanted to build it? And um I didn't have a, a, a plan yet. I just like first I said, all right, I want this drop, this stretch. And then I'm like, cool, I'm gonna go with this one. And then I was like flipping, because I'm like, that's just me. I'm very random. Like, what's the like, all right, let me ask you guys. So you're like, all right, I'm gonna hardtail this. What's the first thing you're gonna look at to do to figure out what you want the bike to look like? Like, what's your first piece that you're like, all right, I want to buy this to see what I want my bike to look like based off of that. As far as deciding which hardtail you're going to use, like the, the geometry. No, no, the after hardtail. the hardtail, like you already know what hardtail you're going to use. Like, what's the next thing besides the hardtail? You're like, I'm going to buy this because this is what I want to center my the look of my bike around. Like, is it oh, a gas tank? Gas tank. Right. For me, it was handlebars. I was like, so I was flipping through one night and I'm like, and I found those, um, the, I I'm running the, uh, Pangea, uh, Pangea Zephyr speed bars. Yep. And I loved the way they looked. So I was like, oh, these things are badass. I was like, I love those. And then I picked those up and threw them on the bike, like without buying anything else. And I just threw tires on the rear tire on everything. And I was like, yup. This is it, just like that. And I threw, I bought these uh, at a swap meet. I got them for like 10 bucks. Somebody had them. They were the uh, throttle addiction, like mini grips. And I kind of like tie wired them up there. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, I just need my clutch to go here. I was like, because I'm not going to have a front brake because I'm going to run a spoke rim. And I'm like, all right, I can cut. So I ended up cutting two inches off of each end to shorten them up yep just to make them a little narrower yeah yeah i like that narrow look that's fucking awesome dude yeah like the tank the tank fits it well too yeah so that's that was like the next step i'm like all right cool i got these like really badass bars i'm like but i can't make the bars look half-assed so then i started looking at tanks and i'm like all right this is cool this is cool and then i saw the double gas cap axed uh chop tank i was like all right that's the tank Cause uh, I was like, it just looks like an alien head. I'm like, awesome. With like two, like effed up antennas coming out of his head, you know, with the handlebars. So I'm like, cool. I'm like, boom, 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 that. And then it was just kind of like progressed. I'm like, all right, I don't want a horse. I'm not a big fan of the horseshoe oil tanks myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to look, I like when I look at a chopper and I, when I envision a chopper, 
I think you should be able to see as much daylight through that bike as possible. Oh, the negative space, baby. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And I just feel like that horseshoe tank takes up so much space. Well, you can't really do them on the uh, the sporties. Well, I shouldn't say that. You can't do them the way that that it makes the most sense to do them. So on the big twin, you can do it because you put the battery in it. Now you have all that negative space because there's no battery down below. But on the sporty, that seat post kind of you can run a horseshoe, but you can't really run a horseshoe with a battery in it. No, you can't. So that and that was like, you know, I saw I, I noticed that right away. Cause I start looking up differences on why you can do this on one and not the other. And I'm like, all right, so this, that, blah, blah, blah. And that's when I came up with the idea. And I, you know, I feel, I feel terrible because I should have been a little bit better prepared. I should have like sent you guys some images or whatever. So basically what I did was, so I use that little, you know, pill style gas tank. And then I started when my batteries going on the bottom and I'm like, so let's make this thing as functional as possible. As far as like, so my main goal was now that I know what I have, like I got, you know, my rib fender, I got my tank, I got this, I got that. I'm like, all right, cool. I got all the cool, what I think are the cool factors on the bike done. I'm like, so now it's time to like, all right, now I want to look cool when I'm sitting on the gravel on the side of the road, having to fix this thing. God forbid it breaks down because it will. At some point we all know it's going to happen. It happens to everybody. Yeah. So I basically wanted everything underneath the oil tank, like right there. So if I have a wiring issue, because what the bike has, I think six wires on it. Yeah. Six. So it's like, all right, then, you know, any kind of issue I have, it's all right there. And I have all this space to move my hands around in, you know what I mean? So like, um, my coil, I didn't even mount like, you know, everybody tr does the traditional, you know, coil mount under the gas tank, you know, blah, 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 where the, you know, the, the, the horns usually go. I was like, nah, I didn't like it. Cause for me, when I sat on it, I feel like that it's pushing my leg out too far, you know, my knee. So it didn't feel comfortable. So I mounted it up underneath the, um, where the seat pan goes and I made a bracket and um mounted it there and then just like ran my wires and tie uh, zip tied them all the way back up the backbone and then just dropped them right down into the plugs um oh, shit. okay i don't think yeah. i've seen it done like that i got the idea believe it or not from prism supply they sell a kit so if you have a stock like 03 to 80 whatever sportster they have a kit where it mounts to the battery box. So huh. you can mount the coil to the battery box and then just chase it right up. And I was like, yo, that is so rad because like whatever. So I'm like, you know, doing that on a chopper, it just gives you the convenience because you're on the side of the road or wherever you are, you know, at a friend's house or, you know, at one of those chopper parties, whatever it is. And you don't have to keep circling your bike like, you know, a dog circling to find the comfortable spot to sit down at the end of the day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to be right here. And it takes like 30 minutes for him to decide, all right, stop. So instead of playing musical chairs, I'm like, why not have it right there? So I did that. So that was kind of cool. And plus, it's something different that you don't really see a lot of people do. I haven't seen it really, um, except for on YouTube. So I was like, cool, I'll go with that. Dude, I like it. 
Yeah, that, that's weird. I've never thought of like, because I always do what you're saying. Like, I'll move it from where it usually is and I'll mount it under the tank. Even when I do like my shovel, I've never just thought of like, you could literally put this thing anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could. Like, you really could. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, and I, I, if you don't mind, I want to just throw out there is um, uh, I'm going to have to like so update my Instagram profile like in the next week or two. But so, I was like trying to stay on a budget with this thing and I'm like looking up like rear brake calipers and I'm like, dude, I'm like, I am not dropping $400 on rear brakes. I'm like, no way. So I was like sitting there staring at it and staring at it. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, why can't I just use the old one? And then I like sat there and like, you know, I, I, so when I, I put those, um, what is that, lead sled, those mag covers on the rear wheel. I love that look. I think that is so bitching. So I put them on. I do the chain conversion kit. And now I got to, you know, redo spacers and, you know, get all centered up. So I'm like, there's no way. I, there's There's got to be some way that I can, you know, use the, the stock OEM brake caliper. So I throw it on there and it's all hanging willy nilly and I'm, you know, I get my spacing right and everything. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm like staring at it and I'm like, kind of like holding it up and I'm, and I'm looking at the old swing arm, like just sitting in the corner of the garage. I'm going, wow. I'm like, there it is. And there's like this, like piece welded onto the swing arms on the sporties. So when you're adjusting your tire and shit, the brake caliper slides back and forth and it's got a groove notched out for it. I'm like, Oh, I'm like, dude, why didn't I think of that? So I just like went over to the grinding table and I went over to my pile of scrap and I grabbed a piece of, you know, um, three sixteenths, you know, steel. And I started making a bracket and everything like that. And it welded a little, you know, 90 degree on it. And then, um, welded it to the bike and, you know, you know, fit it all up. So now I can like, I saved myself a couple hundred bucks making this little bracket to slide the um, OEM caliper on. And it's got more than enough space where if I need to take my tire on and off for whatever reason, or just like, if it, you know, like with change, you know, you always got to adjust your chain at some point, it's going to slide and don't have to worry about sliding off and like slapping the ground and blowing a brake line. There you go. Do you thinking it all the way through? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anywhere I can save a buck. Yeah, dude, that's, that's a crazy amount though. It's like $400 for no. Yeah. You know what it is? Like I look at them all on the prices and I'm going, Oh man, I could probably get one at a swap meet, but I'm kind of like, you know what? Either use what I have or just buy something, you know, is a hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, that's just me. <laughs> like, you know, like, let's, you know, I just want to be a hundred percent sure. And then when I figured it out, I'm like, Oh, cool. I can buy so much more stuff now. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You know, and that was basically it. That's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. What a, it came out really fucking clean. So we, what's the status on, I, I know you said you didn't update all the pictures, but is this thing, running now or is it uh you still working on the through the build so um where i'm at now is basically um i yanked the motor out of it 
And because um, if you really look at the images, like, so when I bought it from the guy, his, the guy I bought it from, like I said, it was his father's bike. And, and the guy was like riding until he was like 70. And he decided one day he bought like this, like he thought it was chrome cleaner and it had like this um, acid in it. And it completely, uh. it completely destroyed all the chrome on the bike. Like the rocker boxes will, cannot be polished. The, the uh, fork tubes, and they cannot be polished. Like they're just ruins. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my God. I was like, what am I going to do? And I didn't want to like, I'm like, it is a sporty. I don't want to spend like, you know, more than like $3,500 on building a rad sportster. I am like, I like any chance I can drive it, you know, winter, summer, spring, fall, all year round, I'm going to ride it. So I was like, I don't care. And then I was like looking at like how beat up the motor looks, you know, like, you know, um, cosmetically and, you know, the frames just like, you know, it's a, it's a 20, you know, 20, 20 year or a 30 year old bike. So I'm just like, all right, you know, whatever. I'm like, I'm a 20 year old bike. I'm like, I'll make this work. So I just said to hell with it. And as of right now, I think what I'm going to do just so I can ride it is just rattle can the frame and what I just little tricks I did like with my dad to patina the bike to try to match the front as close as possible is um to take like um like a um what is that the the paint mixers the wooden paint mixers you buy at Home Depot and mix a gallon of paint and wrap it with like um Brillo and just start slapping randomly in certain spots to try to like make it look like scratches like rocks hit the frame and over time whatever then let's park it outside without the motor in it for like a week let it rust up those little spots rust up and then i'll clear coat the whole thing and then just wire it up and run it hell yeah dude so actually speaking of that the wiring looks intense you had uh all these things i saw one picture where you had like dude this whole pasta dinner was labeled out with every fucking thing and what it went to did you end up tossing all that um I, no so i learned through a swap meet that i went to that people are always looking for connectors and like spare wire um for their bikes so i threw it all in a box and i take it to swap meets and i just kind of throw it out there and you know, I, I, all that tape that you saw in the pictures with everything labeled, I left it on there so people can actually see like, oh, this went to this. this. So when they trace it back to the connector, they can be like, oh, cool. And they can grab the connector and the wire. Oh, you yeah. Know? Dude, that's a fucking buyer's dream right there where they can actually right. know what the yeah. connector went to. Yeah. Yeah. Problem is then you got to know what the connector goes to. That's where I get lost. Well, you know, I don't know if you guys went through this. I learned the hard way with the wiring is that, so, you know, what's the first thing you do? You're like, oh man, you got to get a shop manual, right? So I get one of those climber manuals and I open it up and I'm like, cool, there's the wiring diagram. And like, I'm looking at it, it's all color coded, nice. And then where all the connectors are, it's all blacked out and numbered. So I'm like, all right, so where's that list of numbers for what, you know, what's what? It's not in that. So I'm like, yo, what the heck? So I did my research on on the internet, and it's like they have to leave certain things out so it's not like copyright infringement. 
Um, so I'm like, oh, oh I didn't know yeah. that. Huh. Yes, yes. And th- I learned, you know, I learned through just going down the rabbit hole of research. Um, and then I went to my, I went to the nearest Harley shop by me, which was like 30 miles away. And, um, I was, they were able to get me the actual Harley Davidson service or, you know, uh, manual for my bike. So then when I got that, I was like, oh, this is going to be real easy. Um, the other thing I learned, I don't know how many people know, I'm sure, I'm sure people know is when you, when you look at a stock wired Harley, whether it's in from the eighties or two thousands to, you know, even now, as you look through the diagram and you're tracing the wires on the diagram, you see, you know, Harley will say, you know, let's say, um, uh, blinker and it'll say you know let's say the red you know the, the the yellow wire it'll say dom next to it and then it'll have another wire next to that and it'll say int so what harley does is they put all the domestic which is u.s wiring and the international wiring and in every single harness on all the bikes they make and then they just ship the bikes out to wherever they're going to be sold and then they hook them up they plug them in accordingly if that makes sense hmm so when you look at it, maybe like the older vintage bikes, you know, like Ironhead, Shovelhead, you know, uh, Panheads, all that, maybe not. But at least for the Evo era, that's how they did it. Um, so I learned that um, and I confirmed that information on like the Internet through like Harley's website. When I started doing this, because I'm like INT and DOM, I'm like, what the hell does all this mean? So they do that. So right off the bat, like first thing i started cutting out was anything that was international like snip 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 and i was like all right cool so yeah that's another thing that they do too so it's like it the wiring to go through it if you use a stock harness it takes a lot of patience a lot of patience i was gonna say we just uh so to to give the other side of this loctite just took the wiring out of the shovel you loctite you want to tell them how that went Well, I don't, yeah, I don't use anything. I just go right from scratch when I do it. Yeah. So I so just grab wires, pull, and cut with a razor blade. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just, I like when I, cause they're so easy to wire. It's like, you know what I mean? Like you got your headlight, taillight, and then your ignition going to the coil and your coil going to the battery and like, done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like you don't need all that shit that comes to the stock on. So I'm like, fuck you, cut. Fuck you, cut. <laughs> yup. Yup. Well, yeah. And then I was like, so I wanted to go that route. And I'm like, oh, but I'm gonna get rid of controls and this and that. And I I ended up watch like fine. It took me like a year, like just like to just like find exactly what I wanted just, you know, while I was going through the process of just learning like everything I needed to know to build this bike. And, um, the, there's a throttle addiction YouTube video that basically goes from start to finish for like the five, six wires that you're going to run in the bike. And like, he, it's the only video where he, it's like 45 minutes long, but it's from start to finish. And he's, he does a pretty good breakdown of why, um, I mean, the, the reason they have the videos because they sell a kit just for the the Sportster itself. Yeah. Um, but then there was another one by like these like random guys that do like all different kind of bikes. 
theirs is a little bit more geeky, like depending on like how nerdy you want to get with it, where they'd like go into amps and voltages and how a circuit works and this and that. And you're like, dude, just show me where to plug it in. Like, you know, um, but there's some, there's some stuff out there, but I felt it was imperative to know it. So when you get to the point, like where you're at and I'm at, where you're like, all right, this goes here, that goes there. It's just like, it's, it, they're, they're quick fixes now. Right. This is true. Yeah. I guess it all depends on what you're, uh, what you're trying to, to which route you're trying to go, whether you're, if you want to retain some of the stock shit, or if you want to just have simplified, easy to diagnose problem type setup where you only got five wires. Yeah. I mean, so here's the, like, now you guys are where from like the New Hampshire area. Yep. All right. So if you don't mind me guys asking, like, what are your guys requirements for like, like when you guys register a motorcycle, do you have to have an inspection? I mean, technically, you're supposed to have an inspection sticker. Right. Oh, okay. I've, I've never had one. <laughs> right. Allegedly, so, I've never inspected a motorcycle. Yeah. So the problem I have in New York is we have the same thing. Now, if I lived in the cool state of New Jersey, you just register it and you're good to go. Like, there's no inspection oh, shit. for a motorcycle. Yeah, dude. It's awesome. I'm, like, like waiting for, like, my my uh, my oldest stepson to move out there. So, I'm, like, dude, you're registering all my bikes. Um, <laughs> so, I basically, like, I can register it, and then I can re-register it the following year. And now, like, this year, I had to take it off the road, turn the plates in, cancel the insurance, and then I have to start the whole process again. Wait, what's the process? of get sh- showing proof of insurance and then registering the bike as a brand new bike again like you know like as a as a new customer again because what once, the fuck yeah because they won't they won't so like this after the second go around they're they're like oh you never got a register you never got an inspection we don't have a new york state inspection we will not allow you to register the bike re-register the bike <laughs> that's crazy dude. yeah dude. in new, new hampshire york- look you don't even have to have insurance here you just like you go down to the town hall and it's like a chopper. You're paying like 26 bucks. You oh register the thing and they give you the fucking registration. You sign it and they're like, you should get a sticker in like 10 days or so. And then I, you just don't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, New York is like so like unfair. And I think that's why there's not a big chopper scene in New York. Cause like I, there's like me and maybe one other dude that ride a hardtail. Like that's just like your basic minimal style chopper in New York because nobody will give me an inspection. Like nobody will inspect pass my bike on an inspection. Yeah, I'm I like, don't know, well, I don't know one person in New Hampshire that rides a chopper that has an inspection. Right. Yeah. So like with me, <laughs> it's the opposite. So like, like it's funny because like I'll ride my bike down the road and you know guys are like you know like so like me like you know when you guys ride you're like oh man that's that guy built a pretty cool chopper like i'm riding down the road and i get like 30 guys that are all riding together like all on their road kings and y glides and you know touring bikes and they're just like dumbass and i'm like no like just <laughs> ride a chopper like it's yeah and they're, they're fancy inspection stickers and i'm like yeah all right pal like, good luck with that. And the, the problem is the guys are too afraid to inspect it and pass it. Cause if you get pulled over and they're like, well, this bike, it's not, it can't run. There's no blinkers. There's no this, there's no that. 
And I'm like, yeah, dude, headlight, brake light. I'm good. They're like, no, no, you can't do that. And they're like, where'd you get the inspection from? And then they'll take that guy's license away. To yeah. Vehicles. So like nobody wants to do it. It's yeah, tough. That's, that sucks. Mm-hmm. That is tricky. Hey, so speaking of that in registering vehicles, you won an Ironhead and from Jerry, of all people. Motherfucking yes. Jerry. Yes. So what was uh take us through that raffle and then the the pickup of the actual bike? All right. So yeah, so basically the start of that was, you know, I'm I'm building, you know, I'm 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 tearing the sporty down and I'm this and I'm that. And I'm listening to you. Like, so basically the whole time of my during my build, I listened to everything. I don't, I don't listen to mu- Well, I don't listen to music while I'm building. I like to listen to people speaking like, you right. know, and like, not like a fucking audio book recording, like real people's talking real shit. And the, um, top blue block podcast. Like I've listened, I could probably fucking reiterate every episode from your two guys shows like word for word. And what's funny is the reason I do it is because like, I might be working on something and you might have a dude on that's talking about that specific task. And I'm like, oh, fucking perfect timing. And I'm going through it. Right. Um, so I'm sitting there working on a bike and this and that. And I start thumbing through Instagram. And um, I came across Jerry's page through a bunch of guys that I met in the swap meet circuit over the last two years. And, you know, um, they had like his stickers and his T-shirts. And I'm like, all right, let me, let me check this guy out. And then I started looking at him like, oh, man, this guy's, you know, pretty fucking legit. Does some nice shit. And I love his lane splitter bike. I, I really dig it. So yeah. I'm like, all right. So he posts this iron head up. And I'm looking at it, you know, and because, like I said, you know, I wanted an older bike. I didn't want an Evo. I want a pre-Evo. So we had this, um, an 81 iron head chopper on there and he's like, you know, put it on there, 69 bucks. And I'm like, Oh dude, I'm like, I like that bike. It's rad. And the funny thing is, is there was a, uh, and the air cleaner that was on it was like really rad. It was like, just like this big silver round one. It had like Swiss cheese holes in it. And that's what drew me to the bike. It was like, Oh my like, dude, that air cleaner's dope. I was, I didn't give a shit about the rest of the bike. I really wanted that air cleaner. And I was like, all right, that's awesome. And I went in, I, so I went in, I, I messaged them and, uh, bought a ticket and he's like, oh, thanks brother. And then we got to chit chatting. Cause I had like, you know, I was picking his brain about stuff. Real nice guy. He don't know me from a hole in the wall. He could have told me to kick rocks. And I was like, great. So a couple of weeks goes by. And he's still promoting this thing. And I'm going, wow, this thing still hasn't filled up yet. And I really wanted that bike. Because now I'm like really looking at it. I'm going, man, I like the stance. It's an iron head. And um, every I know everybody like really like makes iron heads to seem like a really miserable bike. And like, <laughs> you know, like you're like, you're gonna hate yourself to own an iron head. And I was like, challenge accepted. So I bought another ticket. Now, right, and this is now, this all started in like, I'm going to say like end of September. No, I'm going to say October, right? So now some time goes by. It's the end of October, end of October, beginning of November. He 
another post. He's still plugging this raffle. And I'm like, and there was, I think, I think it was that raffle. It was that raffle. Something happened. I don't want to say what, because like I said, I, 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 lo- I like Jerry and I respect Jerry, but it's something that the raffle guys are very like, um, uh, they they explain it like you know like the rules. Well, somebody broke the rules. Yeah. So I basically had to like start over again. So now I'm like, oh man, I'm like whatever. So in the meantime, it's like my, the end of my season grind because I'm a concrete finisher, and I'm like working a bunch of overtime. So I'm like, oh dude. I, so I hit Jerry up. I'm like, hey, listen, man. Um, hey, I heard what happened. I'm real sorry to hear about that. So the raffle's still on, right? And he goes. And he texts me or he messaged me back. He's like, yeah, it's still on. And dude, you have all your spots because you follow the rules. And I'm like, cool, you know? So I was like, all right, awesome. I bought, I ended up long story short to speed up the story. I ended up buying like a total of like seven tickets, you know? Oh, shit. So, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So I, I'm like, I'm like seven tickets deep now. And I'm like, who gives a shit? It's like, you know, to me, it's like a little extra overtime money I had coming to me. Or that I had been making. So I'm like, cool. So I'll never forget. It's January 13th, right? I'm walking my dog, right? So Friday the 13th, January, I'm walking my dog. It's like 8, 830 at night. I'm in this big open field in my neighborhood. And my phone gets one of those alerts saying that Jerry's going to get ready to go live and pull the winner. I don't have my ticket list on me because I had all my numbers written down and like I showed my wife like earlier that day. I'm like, yeah, he's going to pull it tonight. And she's like, oh, that'd be awesome if you won. She's like, I really hope you get it. I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm sitting there and him and some other dude, they they pulled the the number out. They slam it down on the, the, the list of names and boom, there's my name. And I was like, no fucking way. I'm jumping up and down like an idiot in the middle of this field. My dog's jumping on me, so I look like I'm getting attacked by a dog in the middle of the night. And everyone's like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? I'm like, yo, I just want a chopper. And they're like, what? I'm like, forget it. Ran home, and within like 20 minutes, he started like messaging me. He's like, dude, I'm so glad you won. He's like, I was kind of rooting for you, and blah, 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 blah. He's like, you know, he goes, you know, I, I really appreciate the support, you know, with the, you know, helped me fill the raffle out. I'm like, yeah, man. I'm like, I'm psyched. So um, he's like, yeah, listen, he goes, uh, so what do you want to do? And I'm like, told me where he was from. And I was like, you know, that's not too, that's not too far where I don't want to drive. I'm like, can I come pick it up? And he's like, sure. So I said, look, I'm like, you mind holding on to it if possible for a couple of weeks so I can make the arrangements. And he's like, dude, it can stay here as long as it needs to. It's not going nowhere. So re- that was really cool of him for that. So get a truck. Here we go. I I text him. I say, hey, I could be there on this day. I could be there by 10 a.m. And he was like, yeah, awesome. I'll be here. And I forget the exact day it was, but I do remember that that day they were called. I left at like, it was like, I left six in the morning. And by like three o'clock to four o'clock in the afternoon, we were supposed to get freezing rain and sleet. So I'm like, all right, I got this timed out. Perfect. I'll get home and I'll have plenty of time to unload it and get the truck back to my nephew before the rain, the rain and sleet come. I drive all the way out to Jerry's. Right. So 
I pull up and I'm like, you know, and I, I knew I'm in the right place because I see all the choppers outside and this and that. And I'm like, all right. And the building, like, you know, that I guess he works out of and stuff is like really badass. So I parked the truck. I shoot him a message like, hey, brother, I'm here, man. Whenever you're ready, I'm outside. Nothing. So I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. So I'm like, let me just take a little walk. Maybe he's in the, in the uh, up in the driveway in the garage or this or that. And I'm walking by. And, you know, this, this building that, you know, he works out of and stuff, I'm walking by and it's like, you know, like, keep the fuck out, this, that. And I'm looking at it, I'm going, oh, man, I'm like, dude, what the fuck? I'm like, am I sitting here like at like an Hell's Angels clubhouse or like some kind of like biker clubhouse? I'm like, oh, dude, I was like, I am not prepared for this today. I was like, shit, not that I'm like a wuss, but I was just like, damn, man, I'm like, wasn't expecting, you know, to be this kind of a scene, at least hoping. So I'm like, oh, man, all right, I'll, I'll walk on eggshells with this one. So I'm there. I get nothing. You know, text him again, nothing. So now 40 minutes goes by and I'm like, oh, dude, I'm like, I hope this isn't one of those like scams people are telling me about, you know, and I'm like, I just got duped where I just drove all the way out here three and a half hours. And I'm like going home empty handed doing the walk of shame. Right. <clears throat> so I go, I'm sitting there and I'm looking and here comes this dude walking outside on the porch, like just rolled out of bed, cigarette hanging out of his mouth and shit. And I'm like, all right, we're going for broke now. So I walk up real, you know, whatever, and real nice and polite. And I says, I go, hey, morning. I says, morning, man. I says, I hate to bother you. I says, uh, I'm looking for Jerry. I says, uh, he goes, what? Says, there ain't no fucking Jerry here. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, oh, look. I says, look, man, I'm not trying to, like, you know, intrude or nothing. I says, you know, this is the address I got. Uh, I'm just here to pick up a bike that I won in a raffle. Oh, shit. I'm like, hey, man, hold on, brother. Yo, give me, like, 10 minutes. I'll be right out. <laughs> it was him like listen oh, shit. <laughs> this call. you know what i'm saying uh that's jerry <laughs> yeah, that's hysterical immediately there's no fucking jerry here dude who the fuck are you right. looking for yeah i would and listen be, me being from new york yo that we do that shit on a regular basis every day so like i like i started laughing inside because i'm like oh all right cool i'm like i'm like yeah i totally lay with this guy's digging you know i totally dig with this guy's laying down he comes wow. out, comes out like a completely different person. He was like really, really cool, really, you know, real nice guy, real authentic. And he's like, man, he's like, yo, you have no idea. He's like, you know, he's like, I'm so glad you won this bike. He goes, you know, a lot of people say that these things are rigged and this and that. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, well, the, the thing I learned that he told me was a lot of these like chopper raffles is like, the same network of people just buy into each other's raffle because they want an extra bike. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It does. You know? So he was like, he goes, so that he goes, because nobody knows who you really are or no, nobody knows really knows you. He goes, and you won. He goes, it just makes us all look more legit. He's like, and plus he goes, you know what? After all the BS with this and that, he goes, and you just kept buying tickets and you know, this and that he's like, I, I was really glad you won it. So he was really cool as hell. Um, I talked with him for about an hour and, and I was like, yeah, I was like, dude, I thought I was going to die here today. I was like, you know, a little bit of deliverance, a little bit of like, you know, 
don't sit on another man's bike, you know, like, you know, he's, he's laughing. He's like, no, 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 no. And it was cool because so then he like walked me into his shop and it's like, if you like to ranch on bikes, like I like to ride bikes. I always have, you know, I always will. I love to wrench and build them. Um, maybe a little bit more just because like to sit on it and know that you did that for you, you know, on, on your own, it's just a really great feeling. You know what I'm saying? So being a guy who likes to ranch, I walked into his shop and that thing was amazing. Like I felt like a kid in a candy store. Like I just wanted to start playing and grabbing tools and touching shit. And like, you know, I, I wanted it all. I was like, man, his setup is dope as shit. I mean, legit setup, a lot of cool bikes, you know, motors, frames, this, that. I mean, he's got a real sweet setup. Um, and he was a real cool guy to talk to. Like once you got to, you know, he started like, you know, just bullshitting and shooting the shit and stuff. And he asked me a little bit of like, you know, what I'm into with, you know, as far as the bikes and the this and the that. He was just a real nice guy, like a genuine, like straight up, like cool dude that just loves motorcycles. And that was like, you know, that was nice. Like, you know, For sure. it, no no judgmental type shit. No, you know, you can only, you should only ride this type of a bike. If you ride a chopper, or this or that, like, just like, I love motorcycles. You love motorcycles. Cool. We can get along. Cause we both love motorcycles. Like real awesome dude. That's rad, man. And I'm glad to hear it all worked out with the pickup. That's super cool. I didn't even realize that you were the one that won that. Yeah. So I got cool, it home huh? and like, I'm already chomping at the bit, like immediately, like I want to ride it. I want to ride it. I want to ride it. So I think like a week later I charged the battery up and I, uh, um, took it for a ride. You know, I, uh, I had to, there's actually a picture on there. The, so when I got it, the way the front shifter peg was set up, like you couldn't push it too hard or it would fall all the way forward when you went down in the first gear. So I was like, yeah, I was like, that's not going to work for me. I was like, shit. And I'm like, you know, asking Jerry and he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, he goes, welcome to owning an iron head. He goes, you know, he goes, you know, you just got to play with the adjustment, this, that, he goes, you should be able to get it with no problem. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, I'm just going to do it the quick way. And I just like, well, I like fabricated a little tab and I just welded it to the bottom <laughs> of the shifter peg you know <laughs> and i was like all right done and i fixed that real quick Dude, there's nothing it's, better than making welding the solution to everything it's my favorite yeah, oh yeah it's so awesome so i just did that real quick and i was like yeah fuck it and then i wrote it and it wrote it it wrote awesome like you know because you, you know you're like a lot of people are like oh yeah i'm stick on a raffle and you know you just you know you're hoping that like you don't have to like yeah, you can enjoy it right away. You know what I'm saying? So I've written that thing about a dozen times since January already, or since February already. Like I if it's not if it's above 40 degrees or not below 40, I'm riding it. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. It. Oh yeah. And it's it's got walls, man. It's got it. I like the punch that it's got. Um it's definitely, I mean, I definitely got more punch than uh, my Evo, you know, but eventually the plan is uh, with the Evo, 
when I blow the motor, if I if it ever goes, um, I have the twelve hundred hooligan kit on backup already in the garage. <laughs> but yeah, I promise I, prepared. Yeah, I promised myself I wouldn't put it on until uh, that motor crapped out on me. Well, dude, listen. When if that motor does, we'll definitely have to get you back on to talk about uh, the install of that thing and then the difference going from the 883 to the the hooligan kit because i think people would love to hear about that but dude it's been fucking awesome having you on getting the story on the iron head finding out where it ended up and in the hardtail tips dude i think people are going to be really stoked to hear that like you got to go for it yeah you just have to like take the plunge you know and like i said just plan it out right and don't let don't let it scare you. Just, you know, take your time and do your research. And that's basically it. You know, prepare for it, right? I love it, man. Well, Steve, dude, super appreciate you coming on with us tonight. This was this was rad. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. I really uh, appreciate it. I was kind of like thrown back when I got the, you know, the, the, the message like, hey, interested in doing one? Um, but yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, I hope you guys, you know, I hope this ride you guys are on lasts a long time because it's definitely uh, very enjoyable.